You're listening to episode eight of the Teacher Innovator podcast. In this episode, we're discussing the missing C from the four C's of 21st century learning. Hi, I'm Jamie Hand, Innovation Learning Coach, and I'm a part of a group of innovative educators who are looking to transform the way our students learn and in the process, rediscover our joy of teaching. This is the start of a new conversation about meaningful innovation that authentically transforms the way we teach. Innovation is not something we do, but rather is a way of being. We are teacher innovators, and there has never been a more exciting time to be an educator. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Well, here we are. We have made it to episode eight. And in this episode, as I said in the beginning, we are talking about the missing C. Now, this is something I feel is very important and not one that's really talked about in the context of what we're going to discuss in this episode. So before we dive into what is the missing C, let's go ahead and review. If you have been in education for any amount of time, then you probably are familiar or have heard the term the four C's. And it's usually associated with 21st century learning. And that has become quite the buzzword that, oh, we're incorporating 21st century learning skills and we use the four C's. And I'll be honest, while there has been innovation and there have been schools incorporating these skills, overall, our education system is still operating the same way. We're still operating like we're in the industrial age, which if you have listened to episode one, and if you haven't, go back and go ahead, listen to episode one, because that kind of sets up the framework for this episode. But we are no longer living in that industrial age. We are living in an innovative age. We need our learners today to have the skills to be able to solve the problems of our future. And so that is where the four C's, and we'll get to what they are in case you don't know, they're very important, except I feel that they are missing one essential C. So before I go into what that missing C is, let's review what the four C's are. So this is the four C's when it comes to when we're talking about 21st century learning skills, which by the way, just something to think about. We're already about 20 years into the 21st century. So (laughs) sit with that for a minute and think about, wow, we're already that far into the 21st century and how has our education system changed? Has it progressed as our students have progressed, as our communities have progressed, as the innovations and technologies have progressed? Okay, something to think about. So let's go back to our four C's. They are Creativity, which we just discussed in the last episode. So I'm not gonna dive too deep into creativity in this one. But creativity, 
critical thinking, collaboration, and communication. Now, I'll briefly kind of break those down a little bit so we're all on the same page as to what the four C's are and why I do agree that they are important and that we need to incorporate these skills even more into what we are doing every day in the classroom. It shouldn't just be one lesson. Oh, we're learning about the four C's and we're doing something creative today. No, these these four C's should be integrated into everything we do. So let's break it down. Critical thinking is essentially when we're looking at problems in a new way. It's when students analyze, evaluate, interpret information, connect different ideas to solve a problem. We can't have our innovative thinkers and tomorrow's problem solvers if we can't think critically. Our students need to be able to think critically so that they can solve problems, connect ideas, and they do that through analyzing, evaluation, and interpreting information. Now, as I said, and then we have creativity, which is imagining new possibilities. And I did go much deeper into creativity in episode seven. So if, if you want to hear more about why creativity is an essential C, then check out episode seven. The third C is collaboration. And this is where we are working together to reach a common goal. So this is where our children can work in teams, work together, work with a partner, not only to be able to learn teamwork and how to work together in a group, but this is also how our students build friendships. This is how they get to know all different types of other learners and other people. So collaboration, allowing time for students to work together and collaborate. Even if you're listening to this where a lot of the learning is taking place online, there are still ways that students can collaborate together using the technology tools that we have available. So think about how, even if you're doing online learning, how can you encourage your students to collaborate together? And the fourth C is communication. And this is how we share our ideas. And not only ideas, but share our thoughts, our questions, our solutions to different problems. How can we communicate our own ideas, our own unique solutions, so that we can share that with others? Okay, so that is a quick wrap up of the four C's of critical thinking, creativity, collaboration, communication. Now, as I said, there is one C that is missing that I believe without this C, none of the other C's can even take place. So what is that fifth C? It is confidence, specifically self-confidence. We need our learners to be able to trust their self and trust their own ideas. And without the self-confidence, students aren't able to take risks. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of judgment. But if we can instill in our students self-worth and self-confidence, then they're going to be able to take those leaps. They're going to 
be able to take those risks. Because learning is a process or a journey. There is no outcome. It's not like you graduate high school and then you stop learning. No, learning continues. We are learning every day. And so learning is a process. It's a journey. There is no final outcome. And when we teach our students and model that for them, that, hey, if something doesn't work out, then that's part of the learning process. And I like to use, and I did not make this up, and I don't know, I tried to find where this originally came from, but I don't know. And if you do know, you can let me know in the comments or over on Instagram. But I always like to say to my students and my own children that fail simply stands for first attempt in learning because there is no failure. Yes, things don't always work out, but that is part of the process. That is part of the journey. We can learn from every situation. And if we start to reframe failure and look at it as just lessons that we're learning from, we can really start to change our mindset and our outlook on failures. And when we embrace them, then that is when we build up our self-confidence and that we can then go on to be those creative and critical thinkers. We can communicate our thoughts. We can collaborate with others because we're not afraid. We have that self-confidence. And by building self-confidence in our learners, we're building up an intrinsic motivation. An intrinsic motivation is the motivation to learn coming from within them, that the students want to try and learn new things. So many times in our schools today, we have extrinsic motivation, whether it's a sticker or a green colored square or treasure box. You can tell I mostly work at the elementary level, but no matter what level you work at, there is a lot of extrinsic motivation. For older students, it may be just getting that good grade on their transcript so then they can get into a good school. But what if instead of just learning to get the A, we're learning because we are curious? We want to understand it. We want to solve a problem. We want to find out something more. We want to learn more about it, whatever that subject may be. So by building up the intrinsic motivation in our students, that is igniting their passion to learn. So when we build up their self-confidence, that comes from within them. And that intrinsic motivation to learn comes along with it. So how do we build up our students' self-confidence? Well, there's a couple things we can do and you can do right away. One of the best ways to model is to model your own self-confidence. And modeling how, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, but modeling how your failures are a lesson in how you learn from them. And I think I even gave the example, like with online learning, so much is new to all of us that not everything is going to work out perfectly. 
And that's okay. But you can model, you can use this as an opportunity and model that to your students and say, hey, I know we had that Zoom meeting and it was a little chaotic. And say, it's okay. We're going to try again and we're going to do it this way differently because I learned when we're all talking at once, you, we couldn't hear each other. Okay. And that's just an example for what's going on currently at the time I'm recording this. But you can think, how can you model to your students? If something is not working out, use that as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Let's try to come up with a different solution because it's not a failure. It's your first attempt in learning. Another way to build up student confidence is by allowing more student choice, by allowing them to make choices and have some of the power. We as teachers, we want to control every little bit of it. And I get that because that's what we know. That's how it's always been done. But what happens if you start to let go of some of that, that grip you have on everything? and that you allow your students to make a choice. And you can start small. It could just be choosing the topic that they're interested in. But just allowing more choice can help build that student confidence. And the other way you can build up student confidence is build on students' strengths. As a teacher, and you see your students day in and day out when you're in the classroom, you really get to know and understand your students. You know what they're really great at. You know what we have room for improvement. So looking at your students individually, how can you start to build on their strengths? I'm going to use myself as an example. If you've been listening to our podcast, you know my background is in art education. So it's probably no surprise that when I was a young learner back in elementary school, I always enjoyed when there was an artistic part to the project. So like making a diorama, I thought that was the coolest way to make a book report. And I found that much more intriguing than writing a paragraph about the book. So in my own example, I enjoyed being able to have a choice in creating a what style book report. I still read the book. I still could answer all the questions, but I got to showcase my creativity in a different way. So that's where allowing choice, but then knowing what your students' strengths are. So you may have some fabulous artists that are just dying to create. Allow them that opportunity. Another example is my son. When he was in third grade, he had, or he still has a love for history and a passion for it, but his teacher recognized that and allowed him to not only write a paper, but then present it to the class when they were studying the Revolutionary War. See, his teacher recognized his strength and his talent and his passion, and he was able to share that and communicate that with his classmates. So what are ways that you can start to build upon your students' strengths? So many times when we're looking at the data and test scores, we're looking at what they're doing wrong. We're looking like, oh, we're down in this area. We need to raise that score up. But what would happen if instead we flipped it 
and we started building on our students' strengths. Okay, so to wrap it up, we are making the case that there needs to be five C's. And by the way, I do call this in my teacher trainings, I call it five-star learning. And the five stars are critical thinking, creativity, collaboration, communication, and confidence, specifically self-confidence. Our tip takeaway this week is how can you start to build your student's self-confidence? We discussed just a few simple ways that you can get started. And even if you're in the middle of online learning and it's towards the end of the school year, it's okay. How can you set your students up for success and build upon their strengths and help build their self-confidence? Okay, that is our reflection question for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode of value, please give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening app as that helps us reach more teacher innovators like you. All right, thank you again for listening and 